Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in God's house. Praise God. I'm excited to be here. I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to help us tonight. Because if he doesn't, we're in a world of trouble. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. It's my honor to be here. I am deeply moved that people would have the confidence in me to preach to such a great host. And I give my heartfelt thanks and gratitude to the executive council to all the youth council to all my friends brother miles young many others love them very much all the preachers and ministers that are here amen i'm excited to have my family with me my wife and my little girl and uh, praise god hallelujah my home church is here Amen. All the way from Coleman. Amen. Many others. My brother-in-laws are here. My sister-in-laws and my nephews. And I'm glad. Amen. Praise the Lord. I feel like the Holy Ghost has got a word for this conference tonight. We've been on our faces. We've been in the spirit of repentance. And God has touched us and God has moved us and God has anointed us. But I feel it has fallen to my spirit and my lot that we leave this house tonight with our hands up and with our spirits high and with the voice of victory thundering out of our lips. And we go back to our churches and our hometowns and we don't just have a few weeks of a good feeling. But by peak next year, we come bringing those with us that we've won because God has been working for us. I'm telling you, we're going to preach in the Holy Ghost tonight and we're leaving with victory and we're leaving with power and we're leaving with anointing and our lives will never, ever be the same after tonight. Jesus. 1 Samuel 17 and 41. The Philistine came on and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy, and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day, everybody say this day. Will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, unto the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Amen. I want to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost tonight. Devil, shut up! Hallelujah. Say it with me. Devil, shut up! Come on, put your Bibles down, lift your hands to heaven. Holy Ghost, we need you tonight. Anoint my lips, anoint my spirit. God, I pray you thunder in this house in the next 45 minutes. God, we need a move of your spirit and power. Send us out anointed. Send us out in power and in faith and in expectation. In Jesus' name, we ask it. I wonder as you're seated, could you clap your hands to him? 
Come on, clap your hands with expectation of what he's about to do in your life and in your spirit. Hallelujah! God bless you for standing. You may be seated. The prophet Samuel is worrying and wondering what God is doing. The Bible tells us that he mourns for the prophet or the king Saul. And God has removed the kingdom from Saul's hands. In fact, the words the Bible uses is God has rejected you and rent the kingdom from you. And we understand that Saul refused to obey the man of God in his life when the prophet said, God wants you to destroy utterly the Amalekites out of the land. He wants you to judge them and bring his judgment against them and utterly destroy them all of them the men the women the children the babies the flocks the herds everything destroy it and the bible says that saul destroyed the things that he saw as refuse and he saw as garbage and the things that he saw a problem with the bible said he destroyed it but the thing that he didn't see any reason to kill it and he didn't see a reason that pastor was preaching against it and he didn't see a problem with it and he didn't see a reason that he needed to get it out of his life he said I saved them alive and I didn't destroy them and the Bible said that God told Samuel tell him that I've rejected him tell him that I've rent the kingdom away from him because he's refused to obey the man of God in his life and get sin and get trouble and get what I do not allow out of his life and the Bible tells us as time marches on that God removed the kingdom from Saul and just before he died the Bible said that he was smote with an archer and he's standing there laying on the ground and he's just about to die and the Philistines are coming and he knows that if they get him alive they're going to make sport of him and they're going to make him a trophy and he says to a young man who just happens to be passing by stand upon me with your sword and kill me so that the Philistines won't be able to make sport of me that young man took a sword and he stood upon the king who was once anointed the king the bible said of a good report he was a good young man but he refused to obey the man of God in his life and that young man ran a sword through him and when he stood before David and told David I killed Saul I destroyed him I ran a sword through his body David said tell me young man what is your name tell me who you are and he looked at the prophet David and he said I don't have a name but I am an Amlet I'm the thing Saul wouldn't destroy. I'm the thing he didn't see a problem with. I'm the thing when the pastor said, get it out of your closet. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your computer. I don't see a problem with it. How is that going to hurt me? How is that going to affect me? I don't think I need to kill it. But it grew up and the last thing he saw was the thing he refused to kill. I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost tonight, young people. It don't matter what you see wrong with it. If the preacher says don't do it, get it out of your life. Because if you don't, it will destroy you. I don't see a trouble. I don't see a problem. It looks right to me. It don't matter how it looks. If God said get it out, get it out. So Samuel is remorseful. And God says, how long will you mourn for Saul? Because I've rejected him. Get your oil. Get your horn of anointing oil and go to Jesse's house. Because of his sons, I have provided for myself a king. So the prophet Samuel gets his horn of anointing oil. And he goes to Jesse's house 
And he's come to anoint a king. And Jesse's heart swells with pride. One of my boys is going to be the king. And the Bible said that he called his firstborn, Eliab, to pass before the prophet. And the Bible said he had a countenance like a king. He had the stature of a king. He was a spitting image of the king just before him, Saul, who was head and shoulders over every other man in Israel. He had the countenance and the bearing of a leader. He had the talent and the anointing of a man that could be used mightily. And Samuel, the prophet, even said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And God thundered out of heaven and said, No, this is not the one. He's not the one I'm looking for. He might look like a king. He might walk like a king. He might have all the abilities that all the others don't. But I want you to know something prophet that the Lord seeth not as man seeth. He looks way deeper and he sees the heart and while everybody else expects while everybody expects this one to be the one God uses and this one's going to be the one God takes to the uttermost parts of the world. There may be a young man or a young woman in this peak conference that don't have it all together and when the world looks at you they don't see everything that we see and God said I'm not looking at your stature I'm not looking at your countenance but I'm looking for a heart that's like mine I'm looking for a heart that said it don't matter what anybody else does I'm going to serve God surely The Lord's anointed is before me. God said, that's not him. He passes. Abinadab stands before him. He's of the same ilk. Tall. Broad-shouldered. Good-looking. Strong. It's not him. The Bible said he passed seven sons. And again, Jesse made them come before him the prophet begins to feel, I didn't miss it. And he says, are these all your sons? And Jesse, whether he was protecting or embarrassed by David, I believe he was protecting him from the spirit of God. And he knew the high price that come with anointing. And so he's got David off somewhere tending sheep. And all these other prophet's sons, are, uh, his sons are going before the prophet. And David's out there. And uh, you got to understand that it don't matter... It don't matter how much your family tries to hide you or how much even the world tries to hide you. When God starts looking for somebody to affect the world, uh, he knows where to find you. Amen. And you may be on the backside of nowhere. uh, And you may be saying, how am I ever going to be discovered? uh, Because nobody knows my pastor or nobody knows my name uh, or nobody knows where my church is. uh, But I've come to preach the peak uh, that God knows uh, where the hearts are uh, that are most like his. the Bible said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth seeking somebody whose heart is right so he can show himself strong on their behalf. I don't care if the world sees my talent. I don't care if the world sees my abilities. I just want God to find my heart. Because hearts like God's have a way of coming to the front. And broad-shouldered, anointed, talented young men have a way of dashing upon the rocks of ego. But hearts that are like his, it don't matter how strong they are. It don't matter how tall they are. All that matters is I'm anointed. And you don't... I'm anointed. And you may be bigger than me. And you may be taller than me. And you may be mightier than me. But I'm anointed. And I've got a... I've got a future in God. And I'm going to be what he wants me to be. And it don't matter who you are. When you come before an anointed man, you don't make it. 
It don't matter if it's a lion or a bear. It don't matter if it's Goliath. When an anointed young person comes to battle, God will work for them. David comes. The prophet says, we won't sit down until he gets here. And David comes crashing in the house. And the scriptures, the Bible, which is notoriously sparse on details, gives us details about David. He's young. He's ruddy. He's got a good countenance. He don't look like a king. He looks like a pretty boy. He's young. He don't have the brusque appearance of his brothers. He don't have the whiskered, chiseled jaw that Eliab and Abinadab have, but he's got something that's far more important and far more valuable. Beating in the heart of David is a heart that while everybody else is playing ball and while everybody else is seeing how close to the world they can get and while everybody else is trying to figure out what we can do and get away with it, that pastor won't find out about. David's on a hillside somewhere with a heart saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures as the deer planteth after the water brook. So pants my soul after you. I've come to preach to some young people that if you want to be used with God, you got to find a place somewhere and get a relationship with him that nobody else has. I may be young. I may be ruddy. I may have a fair countenance, but I've got a relationship with the Savior. I gotta hurry. David kneels before Samuel. He don't know what's coming. <laughs> he just came because Daddy said, "Come." <laughs> and I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost tonight that some of you young men came to peak because it's what young apostolic people do. And the youth pastor said, "We're going to peak," and so you've come to peak, but you didn't know what you were walking into. And all of a sudden, as Brother Wilmer started preaching about the father's business all the things of this world started growing strangely dim and all the things that you wanted all the things that you were after all of a sudden the glitter ain't there anymore and the pool ain't there anymore and while everybody else is still busy seeing what they can do there's something in your spirit that says I think I want to go where God wants me to go and I think I want to be who God wants me to be and so I'm going to find a place that the anointed can come in contact with me. He didn't know what he was coming to. He just comes into the house and the prophet's there. And the prophet's got the horn of all. And the prophet's got this look on his face. Because he knows what's about to transpire in the life of David. He knows the call. Because he went, oh God have mercy. He left his mother when he was just weaned. And he's been in the, oh God have mercy. He's been in the priest house all of his life. He knows the severing bonds that come with a swift anointing. He knows what happens when you accept the call of God. He knows what happens when the mantle brushes into your life. And you go after it. He knows that your life is never ever the same. And Samuel, maybe, I don't know, I'm just preaching. Maybe he's standing there and he knows what he's about to do to this young boy. He's about to to sentence him to a life of being called of God. Everything's peaceful. He's got a daddy and seven brothers and a flock of sheep. And nothing in David's life is severe. And all of a sudden, the prophet takes that oil. Hand me that cup with the lid on it there. He takes that cup of oil, that horn of oil. 
and the prophet knows what he's about to do. And David kneels before him. And he don't know what's coming. <laughs> he's just being obedient. And all of a sudden that prophet uncorks that horn of all and he begins to pour it over David's head. And the Bible says that anointing all from the apothecary ran down his face. And down his coat. And down onto the ground. And the prophet said, The Lord has anointed you to be the king of Israel. And there's a little sentence in that passage that says, And the Spirit of the Lord was upon him from that day forward. He didn't get a call and didn't get anointed when he was 27. He didn't get a call at a young age and then the Spirit say, yeah, but you're going to have to grow up a little bit and I'll come back into your life when you're a little older. But the Word of God says from that day forward that when he stood up from that prophet and the anointing oil is all over his body, God said, I've for the rest of your life the spirit of the Lord is upon you you're not going to go like you used to go it ain't just going to be you going into your school it's the anointing coming with you and it ain't just going to be you knocking doors in your city it's the anointing from that day forward it didn't just come on Sunday night it didn't just come on Wednesday night every day for the rest of his life he was anointed His life is never again the same. I don't have time to preach at all. But even his family's life was never the same. And David said, God's anointed me. And he goes back to his flocks. And nothing seems different. It's just, Bishop, there's a little twinge. That every time he gets a little reflective, he can feel that unction that came upon him and the prophet anointed him. And he's just going through the motions of everyday life. He's not doing anything wrong. He's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he's keeping his father's sheep and here comes the lion. And the scripture says, and a bear. I don't know if they came together. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but it don't really matter. One or the other is enough. And he's, he's lived his entire life in, in a situation that nothing's ever happened that's severe. And he's been sheltered and he's been encapsulated in this cool, nice, easy, peaceful life. And all of a sudden, when he's anointed, here comes a lion and a bear. And he don't know what he's going to do. And he's all of a sudden, he's, he's going, i, I got to protect daddy's sheep. And all of a sudden, the anointing comes upon him. And the Bible said, without explaining why, he goes after the lion. And he catches him by the beard. And he pulls that sheep because when God anoints you things begin to happen that you didn't ever intend on happening and where you used to be hesitant and where you used to be timid all of a sudden the anointing says there's a cause that's greater than anything you've ever had I gotta hurry, he's anointed. His life's never the same. His brothers go to war against the Philistines. And they've been gone 40 days. And his daddy says, Son, I want you to go check on your brothers. Take these 10 cheeses and these. Lows and go and this wine and go, go check on your brothers and see how the battle's going. And uh, so David leaves the sheep in the hand of a keeper and he gets in the carriage and he goes to the battlefield. And when he gets there, he doesn't find what he expected to find. They've been here 40 days. 
there ought to be some blood stains on the ground. There ought to be the littered heaps of battle, broken lances and wounded men. But the grass in the valley of Elah is yet untrampled. And David begins to wonder, what's going on here? This is the armies of God. They've come out against the Philistines. And as Brother Mayo told us this morning, that uh, it was time for battle. And, and, and David gets there and he expects to see uh, wounded men and broken shields and, and the effects of a war. But there's nothing happened. It's just 40 days of impasse. And David walks up and he says, hey guys, what's going on? And his brother said, what about those few sheep? I'm going to back off the young people here for just a second and preach to the preachers for just about two seconds. Is that all right? I find it real funny. That the people that are worried about my few sheep have a giant in their front yard. And I find it paradoxical that the people that are wondering what I'm doing here and what, why are you out here to see the battle? They got a giant saying, you're never going to be anything. And they believe him. Now I'm preaching again. All right. David said, what, what, what's going on? And why, why is there no battle? Why, why is there no fighting going on? We're just standing here. And he sees the pale green around the gills look upon Saul's soldiers. And about that time, a shadow looms across that valley. And a voice that sounded like thunder bellows across the valley of Elah. Send me a man that we may fight together. The Bible tells us he was a champion from Gath. His name was Goliath. There's much scrappling over how tall he was. From 6 9 to 9 9, but be it as it may, the Bible said he was a champion. And scripture says he was six cubits and a span. Nine feet plus, if that's true. And the Bible said he had a coat of mail that weighed 5,000 shekels. Of brass. And he had greaves of brass on his leg. And he had a target of brass between his shoulders. And he had a spear like a weaver's beam. And the spearhead weighed 15 pounds. Just the head, the point. And his shield was so impressive that it was one man's job. To carry it. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. And the Bible says that he came out and said, Send me a man that we may fight together. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, we will serve you. But if I prevail against him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the scriptures tell us that Saul's army heard those words and were dismayed and greatly afraid. And for 40 days, two times a day, Morning and
that evening, Goliath rumbled out to the edge of the valley and with a mouth like thunder said to Israel, I defy your future. I defy who God says you're going to be. I say you're going to serve me. I say that none of you will be able to fight against me. I say that Israel is finished. I say that nobody will be able to prevail against the giant. And he's standing there, a juggernaut, a man of war from his youth. And the Bible said God's army was afraid. And I want you to understand something. Goliath hadn't body slammed anybody yet. Goliath hadn't arm wrestled anybody yet. Goliath hadn't kicked anybody in the teeth yet. All he's done for 40 days is talk. He's talking about their future. He's telling them they'll never be what God said they're going to be. He's telling them you may as well forget what's happened at peak because when you get back home, it ain't going to be the same. He's telling them you might as well forget what you heard and what you felt because it just won't happen. But I've come to preach in the Holy Ghost tonight that it's time for the apostolics to rise up and say, devil, I'm tired of listening to your mouth. I'm tired to listen to you defy me shut up forty days forty days eighty times he's told them you'll never win And the Bible said they're hiding in holes. And they're hiding behind trees. And they're scared to death of a mouth. It's a big mouth, but it's just a mouth. It's a tall mouth, but it's just a mouth. I come to preach to peak 2011 on Friday night that it's time for us to go back home and see if the devil really believes what he's saying. It's time to just... I'm not just going to stop because you tell me it won't work. I'm not just going to hide because you tell me I can't. Devil, you got to prove it. Shut up. It'll never happen. There ain't no need in you getting involved in Hope Car because it won't happen in your town. There ain't no need in you believing what they've been preaching. That you can go home and double your youth group in a year. It ain't no need because you've got a little small church and you've got a little place and there's nobody there. I come to preach tonight. It's time for us to say, devil, you're going to have to prove what you're saying because I'm coming after you tooth and nail and I'm coming at you with both hands open and I'm coming after you in the name of the Lord and I'm anointed. The men of Israel hear it 80 times, Brother Joel Booker. 80 times. Never work. No use in trying. LA's too big, too, God, too worldly, too ungodly. Never going to have revival there. Just talking. That's why the Bible says be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary as a what? Roaring lion. 
preach to you that every time you step out in God, the devil's going to get in your face. I'd say it'll never work. He's roaring. You can't do it. You can't get there. God won't do it. But I've come to preach tonight. It's time to tell him, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I'm going to preach. You can stand if you want to. David stands there. Goliath thunders across that valley. Send me a man. Nine feet tall. 400 pounds. 200 pounds of weaponry. He's a juggernaut. He's never... Been defeated. I'm preaching to the apostolic movement right now. The same giants that stopped us from having revival 40 years ago are the same giants that are stopping us right now. Caleb went into the land of promise and the Bible said they saw the giants and 40 years later Caleb said there's still a giant sitting on my mountain and whoever kills him can have my daughter it's the same, I come to preach to you Pete, it's time to tell that giant I don't care how long you've been here it's time to get off my mountain get off my porch I am who God says I am It's been in your city. That revival won't happen. Preacher, go back and stop in your town and get out of your car and say, devil, I've come to serve notice to you. The Lord is about to shut you up. David hears it one time. One time. His brothers and Saul and all the army heard it once. Heard it 80 times. David heard it once. He's young, ruddy, foolish. He hears it one time. And he looks at somebody and he says, who is this guy? And the exact words he used was this. Who is this uncircumcised? Hold on. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The, oh God, the circumcision was a type of covenant. The circumcision was a type of promise. And David said, who is this guy that don't have a promise telling me who does have one what I can and can't do? Who is this guy? this guy with no prophecy and no promise and no anointing telling me that God's words aren't true. I come to preach. It's time for us to get an anointing. I am going to be who God wants me to be. It don't matter who says what. David says, I'll fight him. Listen, listen to me, young people. David was not one ounce scared of Goliath. Because Goliath's got a big old voice. But David's got a bigger voice in his ear saying, you're going to be the king. Goliath said you're going to be servants, but God said you're going to be the king. Goliath said it won't happen, but God said you're going to be the king of Israel. And you can't be king over Israel without an Israel. So Goliath's a dead man walking. (laughs) 
David said, who is this dude? I fight him right now. If you think David was scared of Goliath, let me give you this. He says, what's to be done for the guy that kills him? What's the prize for killing this guy? Everybody else is worried about the giant, and David wants to know what's the prize. Everybody else is saying, he's a big old ugly dude. He's got a big old loud mouth. And David said, what am I going to get when he hits the ground? What am I going to get? What's going to happen in my city when he goes on his face? Come on, it's time for us to get up and go back to our churches and say, devil, we're in for a battle. And there's a promise coming down our dusty road. And we're going to receive power. I'm just going to warn you, I am going to finish this message. Y'all can stand on your head if you want to. But I'm going to finish preaching. Because I don't want to leave you with a victory that's half finished. But I want you to leave tonight with something in your hand and in your voice. I am victorious. David said, what's to be done? They said, well, if you kill him, Saul said you could marry his daughter. David says, that's good enough for me. Where's that sucker at? So Saul hears about it. Saul's supposed to be anointed. Saul's supposed to be head and shoulders over every other man in Israel. Most scholars put him at... About six eight. If I'm six foot eight, I'm gonna have a hard time believing anybody telling me what they're gonna do to me. I'm only six two and I have a hard time believing it most of the time. You may tell me you can do it, but you're gonna have to do it. You gotta understand that. Hey Amen. Just because you say you can, don't mean you can. And some of you need to get that in your spirit. Just because the devil says I can't, don't mean I can't. And I'll you got it to do. Come on. You better get your arms up because I'm coming at you. I've often wondered why Saul wouldn't fight Goliath. He's big and ugly too. But I'm going to tell you why Saul wouldn't fight Goliath. Because his destiny had been run away. And he didn't have anything to fight for. But David's got a prophecy that's yet unfulfilled. And he's got a word from God that says you're going to be the king. And here's this giant saying you'll never be what God said you're going to be. And Saul says, I know I'll never get there. So I'm not going to fight him. But David said, I believe what God says about me. And we're fixing to have a battle. Come up here. Throw me some grease on this thing. Saul puts David's arm, Saul's armor on David. David said, I hadn't proved this stuff. Said, uh, just don't fit right. So he puts it off. He goes down to the brook. And he's got a stick and a sling. And the Bible said he picks up five smooth stones. I've heard it preached that that stood for J-E-S-U-S. But seeing as how the name of Jesus had not yet been revealed, I find that hard to believe. I've heard it preached that that stands for faith, F-A-I-T-H, but... Preach is good, but I don't believe it. But I have read where Goliath had four brothers. 
And 2 Samuel tells us that one of those four brothers was also in the business of defying Israel. And so David said, if I'm going to start killing giants, I'm going to get enough bullets for all of them. And you laugh if you want to, but if you keep reading your Bible, David or one of his mighty men killed all four of his brothers. It's time for somebody at peak to pick up some weapons that are proven and they're mighty and go back to your city and say there's some giants that are coming down. David gets his rocks. And he gets his sling. I'm from Alabama. I just can't help it. My wife grew up in a town on the outskirts of a town with 310 people in it. Their church was on Chicken Holler Road. Hold on. And when we got married, some of my family was worried about me marrying a city girl. That's how country I am. I got a lot of polish on me, but you'll just have to... Excuse me if some of my roots show through tonight because when it comes time to start killing giants and it comes time to start fighting battles, there ain't no need to be smooth and suave. But it's time for somebody to say, Devil, I'm sick and tired of listening to your mouth. I'm sick and tired of you telling me what I will not do. Devil, shut up. David gets his sling and he gets his smooth stone and he gets his stick and the Bible said he didn't creep out there he didn't tiptoe out there he didn't sneak out there the Bible said he ran I can't wait to get home I can't wait to get to my church on Sunday morning there's some giants coming down I'm not going back scared. I'm not going back beat down. I'm going back in the power of the Holy Ghost. You going to help me? Come here. You're tall enough. Stand right there. David ran to meet him. And when he gets out there, the Bible said that Goliath saw him and disdained him because he was but a youth. But the Bible said Goliath had been a man of war from his youth. How come it's okay for Goliath to start when he's a youth? And it's not okay for a 17-year-old to get involved in home car and get anointed and start winning souls and start turning churches upside down. I'm getting ready to close. Goliath disdained him. I'll read it out of the Bible so you'll believe me. And the Philistine, here's what he's doing. He hadn't done anything but talk. And he keeps talking. When David gets out there, he said, Am I a dog? That you come to me with staves 
And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And then the Philistine said this, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beast of the field. You come to me, little David, and I'll tear you in little pieces and feed you to the birds. And it's almost like David doesn't even hear him. I'm about to tear you in little pieces. I'm about to feed you to the birds. You'll never do what God said you're going to do. And David's just standing there saying this day... This day, this day, this day. Goliath said, I'm fixing to tear you in little bitty pieces. I'm fixing to stomp a mud hole in you and then walk it dry. I'm fitting to. That's how we say it in Alabama. I'm fitting to. That means I'm fixing to. I'm finna beat you up. Goliath says, I'm going to tear you up in little bitty pieces. Feed you to the birds. And David just standing there and he may be just so short that it doesn't even hit him. Because you see, David still feels that all. Still got the all running down his face. And he's still got a voice in his ear of the old prophet Samuel saying, you're going to be the king over Israel. You're going to be the king over Israel. And Goliath saying, you're going to be my servants. You're going to be serving us forever. It ain't ever going to happen like God said it's going to happen. I'm just to beat you into little bitty pieces. And David said, let me tell you something. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear. But I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. Oh, by the way, whom thou hast defied. Let me tell you something, Goliath. When you talk to me, you're not talking to me. You're defying the almighty God. When you tell me I don't have a future. When you tell me I don't have a destiny. When you tell me I cannot accomplish it. You're telling the creator... The God, the God of the armies of Israel. I just want you to know, Goliath, come here, quit running off, chicken. I just want you to know who you're messing with. You think it's a little shepherd boy with a pretty face and a ruddy countenance. But I want you to know you're messing with the almighty God. You're messing with the everlasting father. You're messing with the creator of all things. I need a little. Come help me, buddy. Yeah. Come on. Jump up here. You're going to be David. There's your sling. Goliath says, I'm fixing to tear you in a little bit of pieces. Everything God's told you is a lie. Everything God told you, you can forget it. Go back home and just put your head in a barrel and believe what I'm telling you. You're going to serve me because you'll never prevail against me. David said, this day not next Sunday not next year not 10 years from now today tonight
tonight before I leave this day. Somebody needs to start talking this day. I ain't leaving without victory. I ain't leaving without power. I ain't leaving without a war being won. This day. Will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand? Listen very carefully. Put it up there. And I will smite thee. And here's the most important part. And take thine head from thee. I've never been to many fights, Brother Morton. But I don't ever remember the fights I was in telling anybody that I was going to smite them. I never remember telling somebody, God's going to deliver you into my hand. I have told a few people, I've whipped worse people on you on the way to a fight. That... King James right there. Just don't put it in fighting redneck language. You know what I'm talking about? Now I want you to believe me when I tell you I'm not making this up, okay? I went back. And when you put this in its crudest, roughest form, it's redneck. Zach Wells version. That your pastor tells you every now and then you probably shouldn't have said that. And I hope I'm doing good tonight. I don't believe that David said to Goliath, I'm fixing to smite you. I'm fixing to take your head from you. But when you put it down in its roughest, crudest form, get ready. David pointed his finger at a giant. Point your finger. That for 40 days, two times a day, he's been talking and defying and telling Israel, it ain't going to happen. And David, hold on. David pointed his finger at Goliath's face and said, Today, the Lord is going to shut you up. God's tired of listening to you. God's tired of hearing what you're saying. And the Lord is about to shut you up. I've come to preach the peak. It's time to go home and say today, the Lord is going to shut you up. You got to get this. This is Bible. Goliath, stand there. Back up. I want to be able to see you. Today. The Lord's fixing to shut your mouth, buddy. He's tired of listening to your junk. You're telling me I'm going to be a servant. God's telling me I'm going to be a king. God, God said I'm going to be a king. And you're telling me I'm going to be a slave. So we're going to find out today who's telling the truth. Watch this. Get your sling. Get it. Get ready. Come on. And the Bible said David put a stone in his sling. And he slang it. Throw it. And the Bible says, read it with me, that the stone smote Goliath in the forehead. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Get him back up. Hold on. He helped me and he didn't even know it. 
The Bible said the stone sunk into his forehead. And he helped me and didn't even realize it because potential and kinetic energy and the equal reaction of an opposing force that comes into an immovable force says that when kinetic energy hits that he's going to go backwards. But the Bible said... The Bible says... Listen... That when that stone hit Goliath in the forehead, it says it expressly that Goliath fell on his face. When that stone hit Goliath in the forehead, he fell on his mouth. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I want you to lay down one more time. Not only did he fall on his mouth. Listen to this. But that right there is the universal symbol of submission to a king. When God got finished with Goliath, Goliath said, Hail to the king. You are who God says you are. You are who God says you singers it's time for somebody to start throwing rocks I am who God said I am thank you buddy somebody help him down when God got through with Goliath Goliath said, you're everything God says you are. And you're going to be the king. Because God said, you're anointed. And not only did he stop there, but the Bible says David ran to Goliath. And he jumped up on top of it. And he pulled a sword out. And he cut his head off. And he picked it up by the hair. And he pointed it to peak 2011 and said, hey, remember that mouth? Remember that voice? Look at it now. The Lord has shut it up. The Lord has shut it up. And not only when you start believing what God says about you and you don't let the things that have happened in this peak conference die next week. The Bible says that an army that was hiding behind trees and scared to do anything and weren't willing to fight over their future when David took Goliath's head the Bible said something happened in the army of Israel and they pursued the Philistines all the way to Ekron because there's just something that happens when somebody gets enough revelation to say devil shut up God is tired of listening to you God is about to work for us I'm finished apostolics it's time to quit believing the giant it's time to quit hiding from the defier and it's time for somebody to get anointed and say, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what my city says. I don't care what my area says. We are about to have victory. Devil, shut up. 
And I know that in every one of you, there's a spirit that when you attempt to do something for God, and when you get ready to go out, and you get inspired at peak to start knocking doors and to start having prayer meetings. There's a spirit that already even now, before you've left this arena, there's a giant that's standing in your valley saying it won't ever happen. You might as well not even try. It's never happened before. And I'm telling this church, in, in the Holy Ghost, that before we leave here tonight, There's going to be some young people that get a revelation that God's words are forever settled. And it don't matter what Goliath says. And it don't matter what anybody else says. It only makes the difference what God says. I want you to elbow your neighbor. And tell them, you better give me some room. I got a giant to kill. Elbow your other neighbor on the other side. I'd say, you better back up. Because I got a giant that's been defying me. I got a... I got a giant that's been defying my church. I got a giant that's been defying my future. And I'm about to shut him up. Come on. Somebody needs to start shouting. The weapons we use aren't bombs and guns. Worship is the way. Come on, somebody. It's time to start fighting. Throwing rocks. We declare war.